To be honest, our scripture for today has been something that has been told to me ever since I was a young child. Perhaps it is a familiar scripture to you as well. But whether it is the first time you've heard it or the hundredth time you've heard it, it still speaks truth and words for us today in this period of life that we're in. So let's read our scripture today, which comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear God, your words hold many truths. And in your short, curt, powerful words, let us hear what we need to do, what we need to change, how we need to be, just as if we were sitting at your feet like your disciples. Help us to grow closer to you. In your name we pray, amen. Pruning a bonsai tree. Do you remember when you were a kid and you couldn't wait to grow up? Couldn't wait until you got out of the house? Couldn't wait to get married? Couldn't wait once you were married to have kids? Couldn't wait for those kids to talk and then once they were able to talk, couldn't wait for those kids to be quiet? Or maybe you can't wait to own a home right now if you're in an apartment. Can't wait to get another job, can't wait for retirement. Why write a letter when you can just send an email or a text? Homemade lasagna takes too long to fix. We'll just pick one up at Costco. Of course, everyone has an Amazon Prime membership because it ships in two days, ladies and gentlemen. Two days, I can have whatever I want that Amazon sells. Our DVR records our favorite shows so we can fast forward through the commercials or get to the good part. Let's have it, and let's have it immediately. That's the theme of our culture. We don't want to wait. How many of us have already wondered how long this particular message will take so that we can get to the donut table? There's a church in Florida, I kid you not, that advertises a 30-minute service, and it's packed every Sunday. This is a message we need to hear for today. This morning's fruit of the Spirit that we focus on, if you can guess by now, is patience. 
And I'm sure Jeff has said, we didn't choose these scripture passages to go with the appropriate pastor that knows how to talk about these things. I struggle with patience too. This is a sermon for me as well. With our instant, fast, jiffy culture, we have lost the fruit of the Spirit, patience, and we need to rediscover it, but only with the help of God. The first image that popped into my head, (laughs) not just because it was the first image that popped in my head, I was patiently waiting for a good image to pop into my head, but yes, the first image that actually did pop into my head, it was a good one. It was a small group from a church that I went to before, and they started from a Bible study, evolved into the small group mentality, met with one another, and went through life together, sometimes studying the Bible, sometimes going through a book, but always growing in God. And this group was appropriately named Bonsai. Why was their group so appropriately named? Because of the care and the effort and the patience needed to abide in Christ and bear good fruit. They knew that spiritual growth took time. It was not an instantaneous thing. It's a slow and gradual process that will continue throughout their years, and there were no shortcuts. This small group named themselves bonsai very appropriately, named after the bonsai tree. Don't miss it next time you go to the Arboretum or the Botanical Gardens. They always have a bonsai tree collection, sometimes 10, sometimes hundreds of bonsai trees, and they come in various sizes and shapes. Some are pretty to look at, and some are just very unique. And when I was young, I was under the assumption that bonsai trees were special trees that only grew really small. It wasn't until I was older that I learned that these miniature trees are no different than any other tree. Left to their own accord, they would grow as tall as an oak tree. Bonsai trees don't grow large. Instead, they grow strong. Rather than their growth being left to nature and reach their fullest size, bonsai are highly cultivated, painstakingly cared for trees that actually outlive their growing in nature comrades because of their exceptional health. Their root systems are pruned. They create significant fine branching, which greatly increases the ratio of soil to roots, It's a wonderful craft, and it's a slow craft. Now, if bonsai trees are ignored, they'll go back to growing wildly, and they'll even push through their drain holes. They will burst out of their pot if left unattended. They'll try to escape. And no matter how long you have pruned and trimmed, 10 years, 20 years, the trees still have the instinct to burst out of their pots if left unattended. You must keep at them. This bonsai practice focuses on long-term cultivation and shaping. Bonsai trees are long-term commitment. They take a decade to create, and some can hardly go a day without being cared for. Pruning is done counterintuitively. You might think, oh, there's a branch that might be a little bit dead. I'll prune it off. But instead, it's counterintuitive. 
you actually need to let the tree grow a little bit. And once it's reaching its growing strength, then you cut it off. Because you think, if we cut off that part, the other parts might grow even stronger. Which part do you cut off? How do you let one thing grow more than the other? That's why it's left up to God when it's pruning of ourselves. And that's where the parallel goes. In our scripture for today, Jesus used an actual more common example of a vine, something his world was heavily dependent on, farming and wine production. We're actually pretty heavily dependent on it here too. To keep the vine from becoming straggly and tangled and weaving in on each other, you must prune it to stop wasting its energy and being unproductive. You encourage these shoots to grow up towards the light, and they produce a necessary growth, you cut it away. Pruning is tedious, but it is necessary for the health of the vine and for it to produce good fruit. It's clear for the people who were hearing this passage, and for us, that people who remain in Jesus, and Jesus remains in them, and allows God to prune and shape them, they will bear much fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, and so on. Fruitlessness is worthless. Little fruit is meaningless. And dead wood is pointless. God encourages us and wants us to produce good fruit. So the question is, how do we remain in him? What does this practice look like? Patience is slow to anger. Patience is to bear the weaknesses of others. Patience is to suffer without immediate retaliation. Patience is to imitate the very kindness of God himself. Patience is to suffer insult to injury unjustly without complaint and without bitterness towards other people. Patience is a quality which enables someone to bear with people, even if they're unpleasant, even if they're malicious. Let it not drive us to bitterness. Patience is sometimes letting someone do it for you. Patience is to have the power to harm someone, but refuse to do so. Patience is a loving God who, after time and time again, waited for his children, Israel, to seek him. Patience is seen when Jesus leaves the 99 and goes and looks for the one lost sheep. Patience is Jesus standing on the banks one day, watching his disciples out on a boat, trying to catch some fish, knowing that one day and many days they will fail him over and over again. Realizing our limitations, God set forth this example. An example of what we are to do, and we do not go about it alone. We go about it in community. These fruits of the Spirit, though they seem so individualistic, I need to work on how much I love, I need to work on how much I have joy, I need to work on how much patience I have. But we do it in community. 
Jesus laid out the example of community with his disciples and gathered us together in a community and left the church to be together in community, and here we are, sitting in community, learning about patience. It's a challenge to care, effort, and patience needed to abide in Christ and to bear good fruit. Spiritual growth takes time. It's a gradual process. There are no shortcuts. And if we remain in community, if we know that we can't do it alone, we'll abide in God. When I was younger, I lived on a street with just a few neighbors. We had some neighbors that lived next door to us. They were about 10 years older than my parents. Both of them were school teachers, no children by choice. Amazing people, but slightly annoying, my mom would always say. Every Halloween, they would have their Christmas tree up. And I remember going trick-or-treating at their house and going home and asking my mom, Mom, why do the Marshalls have a Christmas tree up? And she would say, I don't know, honey. They have no kids. They've got lots of time. And we wanted so badly for the Marshalls to know about God. They weren't believers. They made it clear we didn't talk about it much. So for about nine years, they lived there, and we tried inviting them on a regular basis. What you would normally invite people to church for I would proudly go up as a young whippersnapper and say, I'm in the play Godspell at church. Do you want to come see it? And they'd say, oh, we think we might be grading papers that week. Then another time, maybe my parents would invite them uh, to our church was having a chili cook-off. It wasn't just good enough that we invited them to church. We had to sweeten the deal maybe with food. That always gets people to church, doesn't it? And they said, well, I think we're going to be clipping our toenails that weekend. It just got embarrassing. And about after seven years of living there, I was doing my chores of gardening in the front yard with my mom, and Chris Marshall came over. Chris said to my mom, hey, when do those church services of yours start? Marsha and I want to come. My mom and I literally looked at one another and were dumbfounded. I'll tell you what happened. Chris owned a business with a receptionist, Mary. She had limited skills and wasn't able to move up in the company, so she didn't make a lot of money. Our neighbors, Chris and Marsha, adored Mary. She was a single mother with two, and she was trying to make ends meet, so she took two jobs. She knew that she would need to gain more skills to get a better paying job just one job as opposed to two, so she could spend more time with her family. And she came to work one day so excited for Chris and, to tell Chris and Marsha because a church that she wasn't a part of had donated for her for free computer skills classes to learn the skills necessary to move up in the business and to quit her second job eventually. Guess whose church it was? But it was curious to me what a sermon at church couldn't do that a ministry of the church could. That ministry had gotten started long before I was even born. Because someone in the church wondered how he could give his talents because he had not much money to give to the church. 
and he was a part of the bonsai small group. So he got a bunch of his friends, his current work to donate a bunch of computers to the church. He and his buddies put them together, loaded all of the programs that were needed, and he set aside time regularly to teach these classes. He saw a need in the community and went about a ministry that seven years later would give the neighbors a reason to come to church. God works in mysterious ways. What if we were patients? This is patience to me. Amen and amen.